Welcome along, you utter punts, to a brilliantly special edition of this podcast. The former Vikings wide receiver Jake Reed in conversation with us, the utter punts. What am I working with? Dan, you have to take a, a finger. I feel for you all. You can do that. You'll only lose by 20. <laughs> <laughs> On the way, Jake Reed in conversation with Ollie and Dave, and it's going to be absolutely brilliant. From cooking turkeys to what winters are like in Minnesota and anything NFL that you can think of. An hour-long special with the former Vikings wide receiver, Jake Reed, and it's on the way. He said, why the hell are you at home? I said, well, you know, it's snowing outside. Well, we don't give a F if it's snowing outside. This is the NFL. This is fucking football. You go to work if it's rain, sleet, snoring. You get your butt into work. I love Chris Carter. He's my guy. He's a deep. He ain't right. trying to be cold. Yeah. He ain't trying to sit on no ice to catch no fish. <laughs> if JJ was along with us, I'd probably be on the bench. <laughs> hey, you guys are listening to Other Punks. Best podcast out there, guys. Jump on it. Yes, hello, welcome along to this very special episode of the Utter Punts podcast. A little bit different to normal in the fact that we are in conversation with a bona fide Minnesota legend, Jake Reed, the wide receiver, having a chat with Ollie and Dave. It's a brilliant conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. Don't forget this podcast in association with endzonekit.co.uk and Beer Keller. A little bit more on those two a little bit later on. First, though, I don't know how, but they somehow started talking about how to cook a turkey. Now, how do you like your turkey? Do you like it fried? Do you like it baked? How do you like it? So we don't really get the, the deep fried turkeys over here. Oh. We get, like, you, you, you basically, you're cooking, cooking them in an oven. And, like, the way that we normally do okay. it okay. would be for about three, four hours around gas mark four, something like that. Okay. Uh, 220 degrees, but I know that you guys put a whole turkey in a fry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do it all kind of ways, man. If we can deep fry, we'll deep fry, you know? Whichever way you're going to get it. You know, we'll we'll shoot that thing up with some good turkey butter and we'll drop that sucker in the fryer and, hey, have a good old a good old time with it, you know? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I've uh, I've been to the States a couple of times. I've been to Dallas, actually. No. Absolutely love Dallas. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, is that your hometown? That's I'm I'm in Frisco, Texas, which is like twenty some mile, twenty five mile north of Dallas. That is right. where the Dallas Cowboys have their training facilities. So I'm always walking around in my Viking, you know, since that's cowboy <laughs> country. But I was born I was born and raised in Georgia, covered uh, Georgia, and my wife. Oh, okay. Yeah, and my wife was born and raised in Louisiana, and we met in college. Mm. At Grambling State. Grambling State. Yep. Because mm. you got drafted from there, didn't you? Yeah, I got drafted just... from there in uh, in 1991 in the third round. So what what was the draft process like for you as a player? Well, you know what, though? I would tell you, coming from my hometown, small hometown, where I grew up, I never knew any other NFL ball player. Even though I liked watching the NFL, but I didn't know mm. the process of getting to the NFL until I went to yeah. college. So once I went to college, I started seeing these guys getting drafted. That was older than when I was a freshman. Like my, my first year there, some of the older guys getting drafted. And I kind of kind of learned the ropes. Then, and believe it or not, just I, don't, I wouldn't say just cocky or confident. I saw some of my teammates that were older than me get drafted. And I was like, if that guy got drafted, I'm most definitely getting drafted in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Because as a young guy, I just feel I was better than the guys ahead of me at my college. So, but the draft process was, you know, just, you know, putting in a lot of hard work through over the years, over the years, and the scouts coming to the school, NFL scouts coming to the school, they looking at you, they ranking you and stuff like that. And when they told me, you know, I may go into in top three rounds, I was, I was shocked, I was surprised, but I was excited. Because back when I got drafted in 1991, they had 12 rounds. That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like now they only have, what, seven rounds? So, you know, so I was very excited to get drafted. Then once I got drafted, and, you know, you know, I, I think I'm a very smart guy. You know, I went to college, I got my degree. But I would tell you I'm a guy from the South. 
when you said the south, you know, in the United States, you got the north, south, yep. east, and west. I'm from the south. And when they said you got dropped to the Minnesota Vikings, I had to go grab a map and say, where in the heck is Minnesota? <laughs> Where's Minnesota? Were you, were you worried about the weather? Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. So when I when I said, wow, Minnesota, and they said, it's cold up there. So my first year, you can look this up, in 1991, I got dropped in Minnesota on Halloween night. It snowed 31 inches. <laughs> and I was in like a, I was like in a shock. I was like, oh my God. You know, I'm coming from like, you know, Georgia, Louisiana, and we have this big yeah. 31 inch of snow thing. I'm like, what did I do? You know, so I stayed at home like a young rookie, like, oh man, we got a day off. And my receiver coach called me on the phone and he blasted me. You know, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame, he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach named Tom Moore. He coached, pay, he coached me in Minnesota. He coached Peyton Manning. He's been coaching yeah. over 50 some years. So you look up Tom Moore. Uh, he just wrote a book. He's going to end up being a Hall of Fame coach. He said, where the hell are you, Jake? I said, well, I'm at home. He said, why the hell are you at home? I said, well, you know, it's snowing outside. Well, we don't give a F if it's snowing outside. This is the <laughs> NFL. This is fucking football. You go to work if it's rain, sleet, snow. You get your butt in the work. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that was my first experience with Minnesota, especially in the wintertime. So you're right. But I, in, over the years, I got used to it. And I, I grew to love Minnesota in the cold weather. Yeah, because the stadium back then was different. Now it's a dome, so it's not as cold. Well, so you know what? How though? was it playing in that stadium? But even back then, I, I didn't play at the Superdome. old. I didn't play at the old Met Stadium. I'm not that old yet. Mm. I played. <laughs> <laughs> I played. I played in the Metro Dome, even though it still was a dorm stadium. It's not. It wasn't as nice as the dorm they have now. But yeah. uh, I did play in a dorm stadium. But just getting from you know the everyday life in Minnesota when once I first got there was different. You know, I didn't know that when winter time come, everybody need a snow brush in your car. You gotta, you know, you gotta brush yeah. your windows off. That just comes to car. Snow tires yeah. as well, right? Chains on the tires. Yeah. Well, I didn't do have the chains, but I know the snow Did brush. You not? So if you go to Minnesota right now, if you rent a car in other place around the country, you rent a car. Right, you know, you got the car, you got the key. The car looks nice, but if you rent a car in Minnesota, you have one extra thing that come with the car, and that's a freaking snow brush in the back seat. <laughs> Every car got a snow brush in there right now. I promise you. You think I'm joking? You ask anyone who go to Minnesota right now and rent a car. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> they come with I'm, a snow I'm, brush. <laughs> I've seen some of the stories from like former players who, who said that when the games got really cold, yeah. they saw that as a huge advantage because no one else was used to it. Yeah. Is that something that you found as well? Or did you did you want it to be a little bit warmer? No, you know what? The, it's always a, uh, an advantage when you guys like from Tampa Bay, or Arizona, or Miami, from the warm states come up to Minnesota in the, in the, in the, in the dead of winter to play us. Even though we played in the dorm, but when they get off that butt off that plane to go to their hotel, they're like, oh my God. Mentally, they are psyched out. Even though we're playing inside, yeah. they psyched out. And then when they come yeah. to the stadium yeah. and get off the bus to walk in the stadium, they're like, oh my God. And we like, oh man, we're walking there with little small jackets on. Hey man, this feels great outside. What's the temperature? Oh, it's 15 degrees uh, with no wind chill. Frank, oh, that's great. Because it got to a point that even if it got 20 degrees or 25 degrees, we dealt with that. I hated the low windshield factor. If the windshield factor got below zero and stuff like that, that would used yeah. to hurt me. I can deal with the weather, but I hated the windshield factor being so low because it just cuts you. You know, you got to put grease all right on your face. Yeah. It just cuts you. Oh, like actually physically would would cut you. Yeah, it cuts. Cool. You got to put Vaseline on your face. They don't show no skin. You know, I didn't. I didn't like the windshield factor getting so low because it just it was brutal. I can deal with the cold weather, but I didn't like the cold weather plus the cold negative windshield factor. That was the, the worst part to me. Would you say by the end of your time at the Vikings, you got more used to it than when you first started? Oh yeah, weather? oh yeah. I, I got I got used. To, I can tell you, I got used to it. It was great. 
my, you know, when I started having kids, when I got married, started having kids, they loved it. You know, uh, uh, behind our town, how we had like a little hill, you know, they were like, dad, let's go outside and play. I said, you know what? I'm going to sit right here in the window in the slide door and you guys go outside and play. I'm going to watch you guys. And so they, they'll try to bait me to come outside when I open the door. They try to throw <laughs> snowballs at me. So uh, I got used to it over the years. You know, you can't help but get used to it. You know, uh, you can't help but love it. You know, it's beautiful. Minnesota is a very, very beautiful place. And in the summertime, all the lakes and the great fishing and the restaurants on the lakes and Lake Minnetonka, it's, it's awesome. But if you like stuff like snow, you know, snowmobiling or, or ice fishing, it's the place to be. Unfortunately, I didn't like snowmobiling. I hate. Hey, <laughs> 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 look, I hated ice fishing. I got invited to go ice fishing. On I didn't want to do any of that. I, no, nah, I don't want to do none of that. I'm from the south. I don't want to go uh, uh, and sit in the cold in a tent to catch my fish when I can go to the local supermarket and just buy it and cook it. You know what I'm saying? That just make <laughs> that just make more sense to me. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean. Some of your teammates like doing the snowmobiling and the uh, ice fishing, like Moss and Carter. Well, I don't know about Moss. I know Chris Carter. You know, Chris Carter, I love Chris Carter. He's my guy. He's a deep. Right. He ain't trying to be cold. Yeah. He ain't trying to sit on no ice to catch no fish. <laughs> and he ain't trying to be on no cold snowmobile, snowmobile. That's one thing Chris Carter might do. Maybe Random Moss would do it because he loves fishing and stuff. He's a little more regular. But Chris Carter not doing that. He's a deep. Out of all of us, between me, Chris, and Moss, I think Chris might be the biggest diva out of all of us. I love it. So, so I love it. He's not gonna, you know, and I love it. So it, it's no knocking Chris. You know, you, you know, you, you got the money, you got the fame, and you want to build deeper, build deeper. You know, so uh, I don't think Chris gonna ever do no snowmobiling or ice fishing. You know, that <laughs> that, that is, you know, you don't have to worry about him doing that. So if you if you want to uh, have a, a celebrity snowmobiling uh, a tour or celebrity ice fishing thing. Trust me, I know one thing. Chris Carter not going to be there. Chris won't be there. And I will tell you <laughs> Neither will you. Neither will you. I, I, I won't be there either. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get Randy on. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Randy will do it. I, I don't know. Maybe Randy will do it. He's he kind of edgy. So he maybe he'll do it. But I know I'm not doing it. And I know Chris Carter most definitely won't do it. Not at all. What what you three did do really quite incredibly together was play wide receiver. I mean, that Vikings offense, incredible. In preparation for this, I went back and watched some old highlights as well just to get myself back in the mode of, of, of recording it all. My God, some the touchdown, the two touchdowns you scored against the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, that was a uh, you know. Oh my! Well, tell me, tell me about those. They, they must be etched in your memory. Well, the Raiders wow. playing the stadium like the radio, the Raiders, and you know they got the crazy fan. They come dressed up in all the skeleton face and all the black, and they looking all gothic. Yeah. They looking all mean. They looking like they they the type of guys you don't want to see in the back alley. You know, with all the black and sit wrong. And, and to be able to come in and make that long pass, you know, I think it was 70-some, 80-some yard bomb down the field and the great catch in the rain. Cause it, I, I remember that game, but it rained in that game. To make play, really? Yeah, to make plays like that to, uh, with a team, uh, against a team like that, it's always special. Cause they had some good cornerbacks. I think they had Albert Lewis. They had a pretty good defense uh, that year. And to get a, as a, a young guy, a guy to get there and make plays like that with a team like the Raiders, the Raiders then go in there and beat them in that atmosphere. Yeah. And it, it's so electric and the energy is always great. You know what I'm saying? It's always great. It's just a couple of states you just love to play in. You love playing the Green Bay because the, the fans are right on top of you. Atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You love playing in, in Soldier Field, you know, back in the day because yeah. those are historic historic places and you want to be able to play in those places and you want to feel and you feel the energy. You feel the, the legacy of all the the older guys that came before you, when you're walking there, like, oh, my God, Walter Payton ran on this field. Oh, my God, you know, Reggie Wright played over here. And, you know, you just feel all that type of good good vibe when you're walking those stadiums like that. Which which one was your favorite, do you reckon, to play at? Which one my favorite stadium? Yeah. Mm. Believe it or not, people, man, even though I don't like these guys, I, I don't like them. And I probably don't like them because – once I became a Viking, it's not like said, 
it's just understood that you don't like these guys. But one of my favorite statements to play was the Green Bay. Yeah, I love fair, fair enough. I mean, it, 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 it's it's the echoes of generations past, isn't it? Yeah. And, but I love playing and, in Lambeau. I love walking out the stadium. Didn't you? Didn't you beat them a lot as well, though? Yeah, that probably yeah. helped. It, 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 you know, one thing about Green Bay, you go there and you beat them. But if you're losing and it's in the wintertime, it's cold. It's never as cold when you're winning as it is when you're losing. Just know that, guys. When you're winning, yeah. Yeah. it's not as cold. But when you no, lose I gotcha. it, it's freezing. When you lose it, it's freezing. <laughs> you've, you've got that adrenaline when you're winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. No, but, but I, I think that's. That, I mean, Packers are a team. That, I'm a Vikings fan, so I have to not like the Packers. But I have to admit, I did have a little bit of uh, an awful lot of respect actually for Aaron Rodgers and, and what he was doing there. Um, are there any players from your? sort of time or even now actually who you know that you shouldn't really like them but you actually do quite respect them think they're good well I don't know how good they are now but when they had Brent Farbs you knew they always had a chance to be great or get to the right. next level then when Brent Farbs left with Aaron Rodgers you know wow they even got even more chance to be great here I don't really know much about the young quarterback now I don't know if he have those type of legs or those type of accolades or that type of leadership or that type of ability mm. to be down by uh be down you know in the fourth quarter with a minute left uh, a minute and ten left and got 75 yards to go and can take that thing down to win we knew that with brent fogg you can't give too much time on the clock in the fourth yeah. quarter yeah. And, and, and be on the down by one score he most likely won't get this score you know, we know with Aaron Rodgers, you can't give him too much time on the clock in Green Bay in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, and with him to rock. You know, he's most likely going to go down and drive down and make something happen. I don't really know much about this young guy that said that Green Bay is the team that you really got to be worried about in the fourth quarter. They're down by three or down by four, and they got the ball. So I don't really know. So And I, I don't care to know, and I won't root for him no. for that. <laughs> Don't know about you, but thoroughly enjoying this conversation so far. We're going to take a little bit of a break and hear from one of our sponsors, the brilliant guys at endzonekit.co.uk. If you use the code PUNTS at checkout, you'll get 15% discount. Instead of me waxing lyrical about them, I've made something for you to take a little watch. Here it is. Utter Punts is proudly sponsored by one of the best kit suppliers out there, Endzone Kit. Enzone is a transatlantic company whose mission is to make finding kits a little bit easier and a little bit more affordable so you can represent your favourite American sports teams. Whether you're looking for NFL, college football, baseball, hockey or basketball memorabilia, Enzone's got you covered. With sizes from newborn up to 3XL, anyone can find something at endzonekit.co.uk. And one of the things that we love is that they have a whole range of retro and pre-loved gear so you can rock your vintage style while supporting your team. So why not head to endzonekit.co.uk and find yourself a bargain. And because you listen to Utter Punts, you can have a 15% discount at checkout when you use the code PUNTS. endzonekit.co.uk, the place to go for your American sports kit. Let's get back to the lads holding court with the Vikings legend, Jake Reed. They got their digs at Green Bay out of their system and now it was time to turn attention to the Minnesota Vikings, the quarterback conundrum that they're currently facing and the imminent return of Justin Jefferson. When he come back, he's going to demand a lot of attention. So when I say a lot of attention, a lot of teams ain't going to be able to just put one guy on him and play man-to-man. They have to put roll to him, have to double him, bracket him. So they can leave like Addison, uh, our big tight end, 84. A lot of guys, you know, a lot of one-on-one, they can be able to make plays. But the great thing about that is, since J.J. haven't been there, uh, Justin Jefferson, we know those guys can make plays. Yeah, yeah that's 100% correct. You know, yeah. um, a, a question, a slight change of tack here. How do you feel about Kirk Cousins? <laughs> I, I think Kirk Cousins is a, a great, solid quarterback. Yep. Uh, do I think that he can take us to the next level? I really don't know. I, I really don't mm. know. You know, do I think Josh Dodd can take I really don't know. 
But what I'm seeing for Josh Dobbs now, he able to run. If you don't have it, if you don't have it, you can do that run pass option. It gives us a, a whole different dimension at that quarterback situation. I think Kirk Cousins have been solid for the Vikings throughout his mm-hmm. career, but I think just getting over that hump just have not been. Uh, we just ain't better get over that hump that we need. And I think that you know, so I think he he's a solid quarterback. You know, uh, hate that he got hurt. Hate that any athlete get hurt because I've been in that situation before. Yeah. Once you get injured, you know, you don't want, you know, you always think you have more in the tank. So when you end up getting hurt, it just throws you back mentally. But I think he's a he's a great guy, great guy, great, great family guy. So he got good supporting cast around him. So I think that, like I said, he's a good guy. So I'm I'm looking, you know, I'm just hope Josh Dobbs can just do the things that we need to get to that next I'm really level. hoping Josh Dobbs <laughs> does the things you know? that we need. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I've, I've, Kirk is someone who, he's a good quarterback, but he's a pocket passer. And as soon as there's pressure, you know what's going to happen. It's, it's basically either going to be a sack or he's going to throw the ball away. But what he's not going to do is find a way of bursting the pocket and, and moving the ball 10 yards for us when we really need it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's different styles, isn't it? So, Jay, yeah. there's a reason Dave brought that up. If you watch the podcast week to week, he has a bit of a love-hate relationship with Kirk Cousins with <laughs> not much love. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. No, I, I, you, you answered it in much the same way I tried to answer it, but you're yeah. a bit nicer. But you, you can have that uh, love-hate uh, relationship long as you uh, continue to bleed purple, we're okay. This is, yeah, yeah. this is it, mate. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and like, I, I do wish Kurt nothing but the best. It's just, for me, at the moment, there's more hope about the team. I feel like there's an unknown ceiling. Right. I feel like the ceiling with Kirk is a bit more known and it needs to be perfect. Uh, there's just a bit more variance there. It could be worse, but it could even be better. So yeah. Dave's already signed his uh, We Wish You Well in the Future letter to Kirk. <laughs> 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 wish you well on your future, Dave. Um, <laughs> Well, you know what? I think he could do well if he with the Vikings or not with the Vikings. But I think that if Josh Dobb get on a, a great run in the next couple of games, and like I like I said, I, I, I'm surprised we lost this last one, and he get on this yeah. good run that we need to be on, and uh, he go in the playoff and don't God bid he go in the playoff and go deep in the playoff. I think the Viking, uh, uh, you know, administration and and, and and decision making will have a, a, a great decision to make, you know, you yeah. know, on which way, they, which way they're going to take the future of the team. So a question I was interested in. So I've played a little bit um, in England, obviously not to the level you have, but <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things I find, I find the most important is the coaching and coaches have helped me a lot. And you had Dennis Green as your coach for most of your time at the Vikings. What was the relationship like with him, and how did it help you? Well, or did it not? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the <laughs> coach Green was a great coach. People said, that, "Well, okay, what made him a great coach?" Well, he was a player coach, so yeah. he didn't like force you to do anything you didn't want to do. But one thing he'll tell you: you're a professional. You know, so take care of your conditioning. Don't come in camp out of shape. You know, if so, yeah, yeah. we'll have to deal with that. So everybody already knew, come in camp in shape. But now that though, we had a, t- uh, uh, a player-led team. You know, a guy like, you know, Chris Carter, Randall McDaniel, John Randall. You know, we had like yeah. some 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 strong player-led team uh, 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 in there. And Coach Green, one thing he did, he let the guys lead the locker room. You very seldom saw Coach Green in the locker room. Only time you saw Coach Green in the locker room, if he come downstairs for our team meeting, once he addressed the team meeting for the week, he going upstairs. And on Fridays, we used to have like a lunch in the locker room for the uh, for the guys. He'll give them a plate, go upstairs. But the locker room was led by players. So I think that's one of the things Coach Green did. He let the player lead the locker room, let the player lead the uh, weight room, and we kind of govern ourselves. Now, we know we had an issue in the locker room. If you got the Denny Green, there's a real problem. And guys right. knew they didn't want that issue to get to Coach Green. And I don't think, and we do know this, once we go into practice, we practice hard. As long as we practice hard, we had no issue with Coach Green. So I think that 
those were the things that he really let you be a man. He understood that, you know, the player, uh, player coach relationship. He didn't try to micromanage you and uh, belittle you and cuss you out and stuff like that. He, if you have a yeah. problem, he'll pull you to the side and say, you need to get that block. You missed it twice this week. We count on you to get that block. I need you to get that block because other people are depending on you. So I think those one of the things that made him great. He wasn't the guy that just going to you MF this, you MF that, you messed this up. He wasn't that guy. I, I never seen him really go off on no guy like that. He always pulled guys to the side and talk to you. When you have guys that pull you to the side and talk to you like a man, because you at that time you are a man because you have you you got a you got a family, you have family, kids, yeah. so it make you want to do more and run through the wall for that guy because he respects you. You know he not disrespect. So that's one of the things I think about Coach Green. He one of the greatest coaches I played with, one of the greatest coaches. But the greatest coach I ever played for was Coach Eddie Robinson. You know, the legendary Coach Eddie Robinson, you know. But then Coach Green were right up under that. That's, that's mm-hmm. brilliant. Is that, that kind of leadership within the dressing room, is that something which, I mean, back, back then, I, people seemed to be so much more willing to assume that responsibility. Is it something which... It's still prevalent in the game. Do you, do you see it often when you're speaking to current players, that kind of thing? I don't know what it is going on in the locker room now, but I know back then, like guy like Renan McDaniel, we didn't appoint them leaders. They were leaders based on their play on the football field. They, they, they you know, how many they made this Pro Bowl. This guy, they work ethic. So, guy, look at those guys, man. That guy, lead. I by example. Yeah, I want to be like that guy. It's hard to say. You can't be. You can't lead me if you if you're not putting that work in. I don't care if you've been in the league five years longer than I have, but if you're not putting that work in, I'm working harder than you. And you out there, in the, you know, in the streets, getting in trouble, doing nonsense, nonsense stuff. And you're not performing the way you perform. You can't lead me. But we had guys that were doing it the right way, you know. So when I came in, you know, those guys doing it the right way, you can't help but follow those guys. You can't help but be good with those guys. They come to work every day. You can't help but be good. You can't, you know, you you on that you on that receiving court with Chris Carter. You can't help but be good because he gonna let you know if you slacking. Because he come, right. Chris Carter came to work every day. I'm talking when I say every day, he worked hard every day. He took care of his body every day. He in that culture. That's how I became to be one the, the pro that I, I became. You know, hang around Chris Carter. Right. Hey, you need to take care of your body. You need to eat more yeah. vessel. You need to eat right. You need to get, you're not getting any massage. You need to get you a massage once a week. Did you go to the chiropractor's week? Nah. Man, you go to the chiropractor, get your ankle adjusted. So, you know, and I, you know, my thing, you know, I was a young guy. Man, I, that chiropractor costs $150. I'm not going to go chiropractor every week for twice a week, paying $300 a week. Hey, man, that $300 you spend every week at the chiropractor is going to make you this much money. And so when I started going, I was like, oh, man, that feels good. And so your body started responding better once you take care of your body week to week. And I learned this type of stuff like that from Chris Carter. So when you got leaders like that leading and getting you little nuggets like that, how to take care of your body, how to work, uh, practice, get the carry out to the game, you got, you got to follow. So and I think we have a lot of guys like that in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, as well, as one of the things I wanted to ask was uh, the fact that you, Chris Carter, and Randy Mars, obviously all talented wide receivers. It's a stacked wide receiver room. Was it, although you're all friends, was it really competitive for who wanted to get the ball the most, who wanted to get the most touchdowns, that kind of thing? Well, we didn't talk about that, and it wasn't competitive in a negative way, but I think it was more competitive in practice. You had to run good routes. You had to get open. You had to get right. open and let the coach know, I'm, I'm, I'm a win on this play. But you kind of knew during the week who would get the ball based on if Chris – it's just me, my, my thinking, my philosophy. Uh, if Chris Carter had a, a monster week the week before, I knew team were going to prepare to try to stop him from doing that. So most likely he's going to get double or bracketed. Yeah. Randy yeah. Moss automatic demand a double team if he's going to. So a lot of times I end up – one-on-one by myself. Then if I go one-on-one by myself and I may have a month of 130-something yards a game, two yeah. touchdowns, yeah. now the team next week that we need to play more balanced. 
Because these guys can kill us. Because you can't double and bracket all three top receivers. Who do you have in the box to stop Robert Smith? You know what I'm saying? You know, you got. Do you think that if you took you three now and put them into the modern rule set, do you think that you three could actually have been stopped? If we played today, and, and I want people to see this in the, uh, the podcast, that here we go, another old guy trying to say. No, I'm asking the question that. because the rules no, have changed. The you rules can, have I can changed. blame me, my friend. Do not worry. Yeah, they yeah. have changed. The rules have changed. Yeah. If they could not bump me at five yards all the way down the field, it would be a totally different game. Like yeah. now, you can't, you can't bump the guys all the way down the field like Deion Sanders, like Albert Lewis. You know, uh, uh, you know, you can't bump them all the way down the field. Well, like them guys like Dale Carter used to do and get physical. You have to fire you gotta let them go. And you can't when you go across the middle, you don't have to worry about getting knocked out. You can't you don't have to worry about headshots. <laughs> the first shots looked yeah. back in Imagine there. going across the middle and running lots sitting in the middle. And then he going against your head, and that's not a flag. A Steve Atwater from Denver in the middle. Or John Lynch from Tampa Bay sitting in the middle saying, come across here, I'm going to knock your head off. Or Daryl Wilson from the Dallas Cowboy at the safety sitting in the middle. Like now, <laughs> you go across the middle, they can't hit you up here. It's the armor catch because you can't hit it. It's a flag to do. It's targeting you out the game. No one want to get kicked out the game. You know what I'm saying? But back then, yeah. though headshot wasn't target. Though headshot were kill shots back in the day. Yeah. And they were legal. And you guys used to get up, dust yourself off, and go back in the game after. Well, you got to be a big boy, you know. You know, even though it's hurt, you got to get up. <laughs> I love that. You got to be a big boy. <laughs> you know, hey, even though it may hurt or stun you, you got to go and say, "Man, that didn't hurt." Then you're walking back to the huddle with Chris Carter. Said, "Oh man, that guy almost killed me, man. I think I need to take a playoff, man." Chris Carter, man, you better not sit a playoff. You better not take out. Just run this play <laughs> and just jog off the field, so he won't know he hurt you. <laughs> So those are the type of conversations <laughs> you will have, you know. Psychology. Yeah, yeah. Psychology hey, of the game. Yeah. Hey, that's all football. You know, I can't I can't I cannot let the guy across me let him know that he got the best of me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I gotta do ah, okay, I'm gonna stay in this play, next play I'm gonna come out, boom, then I'm gonna come back in. You know, it's just all the little games you play out there. You know, little mind games. Yeah, because Tom Brady came out this week and basically said that the NFL is not as high a standard as it was when he was playing and in the past. And he's, you know, like you said about throwing the ball in the middle, he said he could never do it because especially against the Ravens, Ed Reed would destroy the players yeah. if he caught the ball. And uh, people came out like you were worried about now and said, oh, Tom Brady's old, you know, he's past it, he's retired. They're all, so, all the old players say that, but it's true, isn't it's it? It's just the reality of the situation is that the rules have changed. I mean, it's, well, they're not playing the same game yeah, now. Just look, at back, even back in the day, you know, you can't even do a crackback block anymore. Yeah. So back then, you were like, back then, we, we like thrived on crackback blocks. Man, I'm gonna crack back on somebody. You can't even do that. Now. You know what I'm saying? Like you crack back on yeah. somebody, you like knock them out their cleats. You do that now, you may be out for two or three games. They suspend you. Yeah. You get fined and everything. So, not saying it's not a. Not saying our game was better. Our game was more uh, physical. Yeah, yeah. You know, in between yeah. those numbers. When I say in between those numbers, in the hash, in the hash, yeah. we go across them. Our game was more physical. If the game physical today. Yes, the game's still very physical, but I think yeah. they took out certain, which is good because taking out certain element, they made the game safer. You know what I'm saying? Because the guys are getting bigger, stronger, and faster. Also, yeah, you know, so they take out a crack out a crackback block. You know, could pretty much save some people lives. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no sport worth dying yeah. for, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it, it, for the no, Vikings, it comes close. Yeah, okay, meh. Um, depends on the game. Yeah. Um, but um, no, I mean, for, for, for me, it's it's not even a debate. Like the the whole movement has been towards safety. They have yeah. made it safer. It is a different spectacle. But Tom Brady is also right in the fact that it is not as physical. Um, and you can see that kind of with linebackers who. 
they're smaller now than they were because what's more important is the movement skills as opposed to coming and joining the battle in the trenches. You, you used to see 250, 260 pound linebackers as a matter of course and now you can get them down at 218 which is more safety sort of weights, isn't it really? Yeah, well, so, and, but they're moving fast and they, they, they're carrying a nice yeah. punch too, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. they kept yeah, a nice punch. No one wants to be on the end of a, a crackback block from anyone. No, really. no, no, no. They, I have, I, mean, you, I have, you, I have you yourself with when I had two, six foot three, two twenty pounds. Well, when I right? played, I was six three, six three and a half, two hundred eighteen pounds. I didn't, I didn't play over two twenty. I tried to stay between two fifteen, two eighteen. That was my weight. Yeah. To anything below two fifteen was just too light. I knew I was gonna cramp up. I lost too much water. Two fifteen and under was too light. Two eighteen was too heavy. So. When I weigh in on Friday, we had to weigh in every Friday. I try to be anywhere between 215, 218. If I were doing that, I knew I was fine. And if I was under 215, I felt it. I could feel it. I was just so in tune with my body. If I were over 218, I felt fat. I could be 219, and I feel like I'm over. I knew it. I just knew it because I just was, I ate right during the, uh, during the season. I drank the right water. I did the hydrated the right way. You just knew it. You know, so yeah, I played by you know two fifteen, two eighteen. That was my playing weight. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot of difference when you say it, but if you felt it, you know, it's important for when you're playing. You oh, yeah. to feel at the right weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all that's important. When you when it's everything comes down to like a science. When you're playing at this type of level, and you really and you're a professional, you know your body like no other, and you know what weight you need to be at to perform your best. You know, I, I could never perform at 220 pounds. You say, well, that's just two pounds over. Oh, no, it, it's, it's, it, it's, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal, being 220 versus 218, uh, being 214 to 213 versus between that 215 and 218 range. That's only three pounds, 15, 215, 218. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal, you know. And once you notice that as a young guy, you get your body right and you, you, you train your body and you eat during the week to stay right where you need to be to be the best you can be. Would you say that weight control was one of the hardest parts of being in the NFL to make sure you were in that right bracket? Well, during the season, it's not as hard because you, you're in a routine. Yeah. My problem was in the off season when I'm when I take them couple months off and I'm eating everything I want to eat and I'm next thing you know, did, did do you like your food? Yeah, do you? yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I like my food, mate. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm at, I love my and food. I, I look around at two twenty five before I start training. I'm like, oh lord, I'm a fatty, but I'm not fat. I'm just <laughs> ripped, ripped. But two twenty five, I'm way over my weight, so I'm start training to get myself back down. So during the season, you're in that routine, so it's not as hard. You may sometimes I may go in. 214 or uh, 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 219. That's easy. You know, you know, just I go come in that morning, jump in the summer. You know, if I'm 219, I'm back to 217. Uh, I go eat me a, a nice little freaking burger or, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm back. I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm from 213. I feel good. Yeah, I'm, from, I'm from 213. I'm back at 215, you know, something like that. But the off season where I, ha- I kind of struggled and I had to. Learn to watch myself more in the off season because I'm a big guy, six three, six three and a half. I can put that weight on me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I have to really watch it in the off season. What was the thing that used to tempt you? Was it? I mean, when I was in Dallas and and down the south, the barbecue, the barbecue sauces. Oh my god! I like. I don't know how you cope being able to have that in range the whole time. Well, you know, I'm. I don't go buy barbecue anywhere because I'm, no. I'm. I'm a very good cook on the grill, so I like Ooh. my own food on the grill. Oh, I can believe that. Oh, cool. My cool, cool, cool. my biggest thing that tempted me was the chocolate chip cookies and that bluebell ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dessert guy, and I hate it. You know, give me some uh, uh, chocolate chip cookies, some some good old blueberry ice cream, man. And sometimes I can lose myself. I have to really be careful with that. 
you know. I don't think I've had blueberry ice cream. This could be dangerous. Yeah. Is anyone else getting hungry? <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're enjoying this Jake Reed special episode. It's been a lot of fun to listen back to it, and I'm sure that you'll agree he's a brilliant guy. I uh, just wanted to interrupt ever so briefly and tell you about a couple of the sponsors that we've got. The first one is Beer Keller in Manchester. They are absolutely fantastic folk. We've just had a live event down there. I'm sure you're looking at some of the footage now. Uh, brilliant. We got to do some giveaways. Ways. We got to uh, get some beer and wings and shots out there free of charge. We gave away some t-shirts and it, at the end of the day, it was just a bunch of like-minded people watching the NFL together. Really good vibe and a really good room. Joining us down there at Beer Keller were the guys from the Fantasy Game Day app. They're also fantastic people and they've basically got a passion for the NFL and wanted to do something where you could play daily fantasy. So that's exactly what they've done with the Fantasy Game Day app. You'll be able to see uh, what that app looks like on your screen right now. Uh, if you use the code PUNTS when you register, P-U-N-T-S, you will get a free entry into the draw. So once you've put your £7.50 entry in and you've used the code PUNTS, then you will get a further £7 entry completely free of charge on us. Uh, lovely folk at both Beer Keller and the Fantasy Game Day app. Look, don't want to keep you for too much longer. Instead, we're going to get right back to Jake Reed. been absolutely brilliant to listen to and some great tales of his time in the NFL. He was part of the infamous three deep wide receiver group, him, Randy Moss and Chris Carter. And let me tell you, Dave had a bit of the devil in him because there was just a possibility that he might be able to chuck a pick six Jake's way. So, <laughs> where do you think JJ would have fitted into the, into the three deep? Would it have been four even deeper? Well, if JJ was along with us, I probably would be on the bench. <laughs> I probably would be part of the three D. It probably be Moss and JJ. You know, so I, I would he, say he's guys, exceptional. But the guy is uh, is amazing. I love yeah. to watch him play. He's amazing. He can stop and start, go from zero to sixty in a, a minute. Uh, uh, you know, in the blink of an eye, you know, he got great hands. He got body, a great body uh, adjustment on the ball in the air. You know, he run great routes. He run intermediate routes. He run a deep route. He run a shallow route. He, you know, he get in and out of breaks. The guy really can play. Not saying I was a slouch, you know, but that guy has something I don't have. You know, I have the size. I think he might be even faster, but he got that little it. When you see the guy like that got that, it, he, yeah, he got it. So, you know, he just got it. But to have another guy like that, can you imagine having me, Chris, and Moss, and JJ like that? Uh, we right? would have won the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It would have been scary. It would have been very awesome and very scary. But, you know, I have a lot of respect for a game. I never met JJ. Uh, I said I said to my, told my wife, uh, when the Vikings, not if, when the Vikings make the playoff, I'm going to go up to a playoff game. Mm. You know, I'm going to go up to a playoff game. Then maybe I better meet him, you know, take a picture with him or something like that. Yeah, he's your biggest fan. Yeah, well, I'm his biggest fan. (laughs) 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 Yeah. We've we've always had, as a franchise, an ability to draft top wide receivers. You know, if we had that ability to draft top quarterbacks as well, then we would have had a few more rings. But... What's your thoughts on Jordan Addison, who we've just drafted? Because I think from what we've seen, he would be a wide receiver one at most franchises, but we've got JJ, so he's going to be number two. Well, he's good. I got to see a little bit more of him to say mm-hmm. he'll be a, uh, a wide receiver one. I think he have made a lot of plays, have stepped up since JJ been out. I think he's a great complimentary to JJ. I think that yeah, even when yeah. JJ come back and they start doubling and bracking JJ more, he should get a lot, a lot more one on ones. So now that he has proved that he can make the plays, I think it shouldn't be a problem to coach calling no plays so he can make those plays on the back end. Because going down the stretch, we're gonna need everybody. And I think that to watch his game, uh, I like, I like what he, what he possess. I like how he get in out of his route. Because I'm a receiver, so when I watch the game, I watch the whole game. 
but I do watch all the little moves and nuance of a receiver because I just like that. I just like I just like the way they drag their feet, you know. Because people don't realize how yeah. people don't realize how hard it is to be going full speed to the sideline, full speed. You have to slow your body down, slow your brain down, get two feet in and drag them and catch their ball at the same time as you falling. People don't understand how much goes into that. Now, I want you to think about yeah. running full speed to the sideline and that ball is coming. You know it hanging outside. And you got to drag, catch the ball, focus on your toes, being inbound, know the wear of dog that my toes are inbound, Focus on that football. I'm not looking at my toe. I'm looking at the football. No, I'm going limp, and I'm going to hit that ground hard. People don't understand all that goes in. That comes from being a professional athlete receiver, and that just takes training over and over and over, giving up their body, knowing I'm going to hit the ground, knowing i got to have my uh, wherewithal where my feet is inbound and still focus on that football at the same time. That's amazing. So I watch all of that by receive, by receiving. That's like poetry in motion to me. I love it. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that would, uh, sometimes I see it as well when a wide receiver makes that catch, but maybe like one foot just wasn't in. That would annoy me so much if I was them. If, yeah. You know, you've gone to all that pain, you've made the catch, you've fallen over, and then the referee <laughs> overturns it. Has that happened to you when you played? Well, they, it happened to me a lot. I know in the Giants game, we played the Giants game. Came came know the year. I think it's 93, uh, 93, uh, 94, 95, something like that. In the back of the end zone, we played the Giants. It's a controversial catch. There's still a debate today whether that was inbound or out of bound. And Randall Cunningham, I think in 94, threw the ball in the back of the end zone, and I caught it. And we ended up winning the playoff game. But it looked like I was inbounds. You slow it down. It looked like I was – if you speed up, look, I, like I'm a, I didn't get them down. But if you slow it down, it looked like I got them down. So it was like – then I have people all the time, Jake, did you get them down? And, you know, my response to what did the ref call? <laughs> 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 that becomes a reality, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, if the ref said I got him down, I got him down. So I'm not gonna yeah. go against the ref. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. So that's awesome. So, so um just I mean, we've had you for so long now, but we might as well start just asking a couple of final questions before we we let you get on your merry way and go mm. and enjoy your Thanksgiving. Yeah. Really appreciate oh, you giving yeah. us this time. Yeah. Um just how do you think the Vikings are going to do for the rest of the season? By looking at the schedule, I think we should we should come away pretty good. I know we got Detroit twice towards the end of the year, and Detroit been playing pretty well. So I think everyone else we should be able to be able to stay in there and fight. As long as we don't make a lot of mistakes and play good on the back end. When I say the back end, the back end of the defense. I think that we got our D line and and linebacker been playing well. We just got to make sure we show up on that back end. And like I said, when JJ back, we get him back at the right time. I think we should be pretty good. And I think if we play Detroit, they're playing well. We need to at least get one of those wins. We cannot lose, drop both games against Detroit. I think we need at least get one of those wins against Detroit, if not both. But I think we should be pretty well down, uh, go pretty good down the stretch in the play uh, uh, the rest of the season. So and that's what I'm looking to. You know, I'm always on on uh, for every game. I'm always online. Um, you know, tweeting and, 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 and on my Twitter and talking about the game. So I, I enjoy fans coming watching me. And, and that's how I, that's me. how I saw you coming to the UK. Yeah. So so I love it. So I, I I do my best to respond to all the fans as much as I can. You know. Uh, but I'm you know I'm one of the fans. I'm a Vikings for life, and I'm one of the fans. I'm a fan now. So one of the things I do, I keep it positive. You know. I'm you know yeah, uh, yeah. good yeah. good vibes only. You know. In my room, good vibes on Yeah. One one of the last questions I want to ask is: You came to the UK. That's how we met. And um, what you said at the event, you didn't realize that there were Vikings fans in the UK. What do you think of like the London games and it becoming more popular here? Do you think that's a good thing? Yeah, uh, you know, having more games here. No, I think the great thing. You know, when I came, you know, 
all the fans here, man, that that that, that you know, the purple, the Vikes fan, I was like really blown away, very excited also. When the Vikings told me they wanted to come on to be the ambassador or I'm like, damn, we got Viking fans in the UK? Like, you know? Oh, you did. So so what I did, <laughs> I went on and started looking up all the UK Vikings. I said, I'm following everything UK because I wanna, you know, you know, get ahead of this. Let, let me see what type of fans are. And I tell you what, they're great fans, very, you know, you know, into it. I follow the, the UK sites and, you know, read the stuff they post and they, and they post often uh, a lot of content. So I'm, I'm loving it. You know, it was a great time. I had a blast. I had a blast. I, I feel like I have family in the UK now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we're, we're, the game's obviously growing here. If there's franchises that come, they come. If not, I'm more than happy supporting the teams which already exist anyway. And Viking for life. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just been an absolute <laughs> pleasure uh, ha- having you with us today. Um, fantastic. Well, yeah, thank you, Jake. We really appreciate you. Well, I tell you, I had a great time, and we're gonna do this again when the Viking make the playoff. We're gonna talk football yep. when they make the playoff. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. that'd be amazing. I, I yeah. love the You've got to meet the other punts as well. Yeah, I, yeah. We've yeah. got other lads who do the podcast. Yeah. 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 When I tell yeah. you, I would love to come back on when they make the they make the playoff, and we're gonna hang out and talk Viking football. Like I said, I'm an open book, man. Anything when I come back, anything you guys want to know, anything the fans on here listening want to know, you know, you can get in touch with me, send me uh, the question, and then or they can save it for when the Vikings make the playoff. They can come on. You can have the fans come on, interact with me. I, I love to talk to the UK fans over there awesome. and talk to yeah, them. And so, so, so our, our next podcast will be when the Vikings make the Super Bowl. Not Super Bowl, the playoffs. I love it. The playoffs. Play yeah, play we're, we're not saying the Super Bowl because we do want to speak to you again. Don't do the Vikings like that. But not according to the logo this time. Yeah. It's going to be uh, us against the Chiefs, mate. Yeah. That, that's the colour scheme. So, yeah. And winners yeah. are on the bottom of the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. When they make the play, we'll speak again. Mm. That is awesome. Well, last thing I have to say is thank you and uh, Skull. Skull, baby. Skull. Hey. Skull, baby. Hey, love you guys, man. Keep repping that perp over there, and we'll talk later.